Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Jed. 134 in Edmonton. Uh, just some thoughts on yesterday's uh, World Junior Game as we quickly go to our Heartland Ford text line at 630-630. This out of Bonneville. Bob, goal differential matters in the World Junior uh, Championship. And... Uh, Another text out of Edmonton. Who cares? The tournament puts values on goals scored. Run it up. Again, you can text us at 630-630. Tweet us at Oilers. Uh, now. Uh, okay. Uh, you can keep texting us during the course of the show. Let's do this. We are pleased to be joined on the line as we head off to a River Creek Resort Casino hotline by Ben Kuzma. He is with Post Media out of Vancouver. He's covered the uh, Canucks for a long time and many moons ago covered Ken Hitchcock in Kamloops. I think Robin Brownlee was there back then as well. Ben, (laughs) how are you doing? Yes, uh, Robin Brownlee was my sidekick. And uh, you want to talk about a wingman? Yep. It was uh, between Hitch and Brownlee. I I had my hands full. uh, Oh, so you had to babysit those guys a lot, did you, back in the day? Uh, sure, I'll go that far. You know, after the way Hitch was dishing it out this morning, I figured I can go along that route and say I kind of helped. I held his hand, Bob. Let's put it that way. Helped him through some tough times and uh, spurred them on to some greatness. So that's what we do in the media, right? We we, we motivate. I, you know, I, I don't think a lot of people think we do that, but that's uh, another. <laughs> now, let me tell you, let, let me ask you, because, uh, you know, I've discussed it to the point that people are sick about hearing it, but yeah, I actually... Played for the Southside Athletic Club in the first midget AAA game in the province of Alberta against Hitch and the Sherwood Park chain. Uh, and wow. At that time, and that was in the fall of 1982, um, you know, Hitch was already pretty well known as a guy that was a, a unique coach out in uh, out in Sherwood Park. I don't know if people thought he'd be an NHL head coach, but certainly a guy that could one day end up being a really good major junior coach. And uh, so he already had a bit of, you know, and, you know, he was a guy that sort of watched a lot of practices at the university. People knew that. Did you know, like, at what stage did you meet him up in Kamloops? Like, did you come in the beat and he was already established at that point, Ben? No, I was there and he arrived. And, uh, again, the only thing we knew about Hitch is his track record. As you mentioned, uh, 
in, in Alberta coaching midget hockey and selling bicycles at United Cycle and uh, having this reputation of a guy who could really motivate the players at any age. And, uh, you know, when he came to Kamloops, it was uh, a matter of uh, turning a franchise around that uh, had come to to come to Kamloops. People forget that, you know, the team was two-thirds owned by the Edmonton Oilers at one point when they were the junior Oilers. It was thought that they might leave town, and it was a big rally to keep them there. And, of course, we know what happened. I mean, Hitch had some great teams, probably should have won the 86 Memorial Cup uh, in Portland. Of course, then he moved on, and then the three cups. He left the legacy, let's put it that way. Three cups, 92, 94, 95, 95 some of the best teams I ever saw. But, But Hitch brought a work ethic... Uh, a demand of players at the junior level uh, that I had never seen. And there was no gray area. It was either you buy in or you're gone. And uh, he turned some average players into very good players. And I think most importantly, when they look back on Hitch, he really prepared them for the pro game at the junior level. Now, we've had Rob Brown, who's a star player. He says the, the mythology out there is that Hitch is not an offensive coach. Because those teams could score, and he wasn't afraid to have a little bit of toughness in the lineup either, was he? Yeah, he would load it up. Uh, He made sure that the star players like Robbie were protected, and Rob Brown was no angel. I'll tell you that much. Rob Brown used to have a trick. I mean, this guy had 200 points, okay? This this guy, he used to to put little messages on the shaft of the stick. So when he, Rob Brown would go into the face-off circle, there was a little message to the opposition center, something that Rob Brown had found out about the guy. That would get him off his game and totally irk him. I'll tell you this much, Bob. I've covered the dub for a long time, and people have always asked me, who's the greatest player you ever saw? And there were so many of them, and so many of them who are in the NHL today. But in terms of having an uncanny ability to think the game at another level, to execute a play when you're in the press box going, I think Brown should do this, he's already done it. And to this day... He was the most remarkable player I ever saw. And there's a reason he scored 49 goals one year in Pittsburgh, because he just had this uncanny ability uh, to finish what we thought he should start. Well, yeah, and he, I mean, he still has unbelievable skill. I know I skated with him about, oh, Jesus, probably six, six or seven years ago. And we had a guy uh, was the, called the Chad line, and we had another fellow that, uh, you know, was challenged a bit. And we trapped kept trying to set him up and the game got a little bit competitive because it was against <laughs> it was against uh sort of the Edmonton hockey alumni and Rob was on the media team and I had dished off a couple times on two on ones and I'm, I'm pretty much a slug at this stage uh but the next time I went up on the ice after Brownie had beat two guys and was now free in a two on one he put that puck right up my you know what as hard as he could like he just snapped it as hard as he could and he said don't pass it again shoot so uh you know we're trying to win here but he was he, you know, <laughs> he, incredibly and he's a funny guy too yeah a great so, sense of humor uh self-deprecating yes. and uh that quiet confidence that uh he could pretty much do whatever he set out to do yeah those those were uh so uh, were you there when bill laforge was coaching the junior Royals? absolutely yeah bill laforge as well somehow miraculously got his team in 84 past a loaded Regina Pats team and went to the Memorial Cup in Kitchener, I believe, in 1984. And the Ottawa 67th with six first-rounders, including Darren Pang and goal, won it all. So, yeah, so I've, I've uh, you know, between uh, Bill LaForge and Ken Hitchcock and Tom Rennie and Don Hay, a uh, uh, pretty good legacy uh, there in Kamloops, and uh, which is pretty hard to do. If you think about the cyclical world, sure. junior hockey, to, to stay competitive is very, very difficult. And uh, 
that was a pretty special time. Unless you're cheating. <laughs> well, you're not trying. Yeah. Yeah, right. And, yeah. you know, Quebec City and London just sure. and sure. And maybe even tra- Travis Green's former team, Portland, but uh, which is where we're going to go next. So you've been doing the Canucks beat for, what, 20 years now? 20 years on the beat and way longer in the biz, but that's another story. Yeah, all right. So, Ben, let's, let's do that. First of all, so I'm watching this thing on Elias uh, – and I was I thought for sure it was Pedersen, and he actually says it's Peterson. So has anybody changed the pronunciation they're going with? Well, he's kind of trying to make it a little bit of a North American Peterson, but, you know, in actuality it's Peterson. But uh, I think he's trying to acclimate even more to North American culture in terms of saying, if you want to call me Peterson, it's not the end of the world, but it, it is Peterson. So um, <laughs> he's a uh, boy. <laughs> He's an interesting kid on the ice and off the ice, so there's something special going on there. Yeah, I mean, and the one thing I'm going to say right now, because I, I can feel the excitement from everybody out in Vancouver, he is a special player. But you know what? Ryan Nugent Hopkins, who is a Burnaby kid, his first year as an 18-year-old, you know, was that right around the same type of numbers. You know what I mean? Like had an unbelievable yeah. – and there's – now I think that there's a – don't – I think there's a way higher offensive ceiling – with uh, with with Patterson than than there is with Nugent Hopkins. And I think Nugent Hopkins has kind of accepted a secondary role because he's on a team with Connor McDavid. You're watching this kid on a daily basis. I mean, how special is he? Well, I asked Fitch about it this morning. I said I've never seen a player come into a new country, new ice surface, new language, uh, have three zone awareness. Kids are usually one dimensional, especially the high school and kids out of junior. They want to score, and you have to teach them. You have to teach them to play without the puck. Right from day one, Pedersen was stripping guys off the puck in the neutral zone on the back check. He was going all the way into his own zone to trigger the transition. Uh, as much as he likes to score, he hates it. He gives up the puck. And he can buy time and space. We always talk about time and space. But he just takes that extra fraction of a second to not panic, maybe find a better shooting lane, maybe a nice soft saucer pass to somebody who's wide open. And that's uh, he does stuff you can't teach, okay? And on top of it all, he's got that unbelievable release. So, uh, yeah, the Nuge had a great first year, but I, I just think we're starting to see just the tip of the iceberg here with Pedersen. I mean, he's got an unbelievable thing going with Besser in terms of their chemistry, and, you know, Hitch spoke to that as well this morning about maybe one of the up-and-coming dynamic duels in the league. So, But as far as Pedersen is concerned, I haven't seen anything like it to grasp the game that quickly at this level in a new country, like I said, on different ice surface. And whether it's his playmaking ability, running the power play off the half wall, finding an open guy, or just in a split second letting that shot go, uh, it's something special. And, uh, you know, it, it, there's, a, there's a level of excitement in Vancouver that I haven't seen in years. You're talking about a team that's just trying to stay in the conversation, maybe play those meaningful games in March and flirt with yep. a wild card position. You need that because if you get into garbage time, Bob, you know all about it. Those last six weeks can be like a death march if you're covering a team. I can't imagine playing those games when you have no hope, no hope of making the playoffs. You need to be in the mix. You need to be in the fight. And what the Canucks are going through right now, if they can only sustain it and get it past February and into March and at least be in the conversation, uh, it will do them a world of good. Well, the beauty right now for Jim Benning, who's in his fifth year as the general manager of the Canucks, is Patterson's doing what he's doing, and then they also hit on Besser as well. Uh, you know, we read the stats. I mean, the guy, the guy's been in the. He hasn't even played 100 games in the National Hockey League, and he's already got 45 goals. I mean, he can score, and and so they've got two guys that can shoot. Because I'm not sure the Oilers have. You know, I mean, I know Chason's having a big year. But these are two guys that can flat out shoot the pill. And uh, when you factor in Horvat, three legit top six forwards, 
but two that Jim Benning brought in over the course of the last, uh, you know, four drafts. And, and they've got a defenseman coming, and a lot of people thought they might get the brother, right, for Quinn Hughes as well, Jack Hughes, but I don't know if that's realistic right now. But has it changed the perception of the public on the work that Benning did as a GM? Oh, I think so. I think the fact that uh, when we were at the draft in Chicago and Pedersen was the guy they draft when we thought that uh, it's going to be really interesting to see who's there at number five. Uh, I think they liked Glass. Uh, they liked him a lot. Uh, Kale McCarr went to Colorado at four, and Jim Benning admitted that would have been a very difficult decision not to hit on a guy who might be one of the best puck-moving defensemen on the horizon. But uh, they were all in on Pedersen from the get-go. Uh, as we had the deliberations, I mean, I always threw Pedersen into my conversations about guys they might look at down the middle, especially, you know, you got Hendricks sitting retiring. Uh, I didn't think it was going to be Pedersen, but everybody I talked to said uh, they may have hit a home run, and I think some people thought if he wasn't 165 pounds uh, on the draft floor in Chicago, he might have gone first overall. But uh, he's up to 176 now. He's six foot two and a half. He's going to be tall. He's lanky. His brother plays in the A. He's 185. So he will fill out in that regard. So to answer your question, yeah. I mean, when you hit on one guy, especially in Vancouver, and you're providing hope for the future, uh, it's kind of like going to church and going to communion. They, you know, we will forget your transition, uh, transgressions. You know, just say some Hail Marys and let's move on. All right. How excited are they over uh, Quinn Hughes there on defense? And what's the latest on Ole uh, Yo Levy, who... Uh, yeah. was uh, the, the pick right after Yessa Pugliarvi in the 2016 NHL draft. Yeah, that's kind of the uh, uh, the ecstasy and the agony. I mean, Quinn Hughes, you mentioned those guys. Imagine Quinn Hughes running that first power play unit. And, uh, you know, that could happen as soon as March. Uh, Michigan's not having a great year. Uh, if the Wolverines don't move on in the playoffs, or playdowns, I should say, at the NCAA level, they'll do the same thing they did with Besser. They'll get him in, they'll get him signed, and try to give him some games at the end of the year. That's the great stuff. I mean, uh, Yulevi has had nothing but uh, heartache. He, he had a decent year last year playing his first year uh, for Sammy Salo in Turku in Finland. Uh, but and the whole idea was not to send him to the World Championship, but to have him work on his body. He needed to get into NHL shape. What did he do? He, got, he hurt himself training. I don't know whether it was a deadlift or whatever, but he had a disc problem. And what they had to do with uh, Yulevi was... Uh, get him into a, a situation where he needed microdiscectomy back surgery, basically a disc problem where he needs to free up the nerve, and that put him on the shelf for six weeks. He did come to training camp in September, but you could tell he wasn't quite there yet, and he needed to go to Utica, was playing fairly well, and what seemed like an innocent knee-on-knee hit uh, put him on the shelf. They tried to rehab the knee. He had knee surgery last week. Uh, it's meniscus. It could be an ACL problem there. He's gone for like six months. So, again, you're talking about a guy who, yeah, he might be able to rehab in the summer again, Bob, but he might need a, a full year in the American Hockey League. So it's one of those situations. They thought they had something there that you can't. It's pretty hard to be hard on a kid who has injuries and, and needs surgery. But, boy, everybody starts looking back at that draft and who they could have taken. And some guy in Calgary is having a hell of a, a year on left wing. So um, so be it. But, we're, living uh, it left- we're living it every day here, right? Because the yep. owners passed on Kachuk and, uh, you know, yep, Peter Sorelli. Yeah, we hear about it all the time, but yep. uh, there's, there's not much you can do about that. Uh, you know, injuries are injuries, but uh, I think from the Canuck perspective, if everybody's going to have adversity, you hope, you hope that Levy's done with his and uh, maybe somewhere down the road, maybe next season they get him up here. And we've got a lot of, of expiring contracts here this year and next year. 
and uh, he's got to get into the mix at some point. All right, that's where I want to go next, Ben. Just to wrap up, uh, is is Mark Sturman number one goaltender in the NHL? Well, he has been for the last seven games. <laughs> okay. You know, I, I just I, I I'll give him credit because uh, you know he he kind of goes back and forth. This is the problem in Vancouver. They kind of have a, a one and one A or one B and one C. Uh, people in the organization will tell you the best goaltender is Satcher Demko, and that maybe Mikey DiPietro, that you know, coming along with the World Junior Team, that's the future. Um, Nielsen's up. You've seen him. You've seen that act here. Yeah. Uh, Markstrom has played better. His his problem is. Uh, you know, like big goalies is when the structure goes away and teams are purposely picking the glove side on him or he's not sealing up and they're picking the short side on him. He's won six of his last seven starts. He had a six-game win streak, which is a career high. He's played a lot better, but I think with the key there is the team in front of him has played so much better. And they're just not giving up much defensively. Again, Hitch talked about that here this morning about how the Canucks are taking away the inside. And a lot of the stuff on him is coming from the outside. So it's part and parcel of the way the team is playing in front of him. But is he a number one goalie? I'm still not convinced. Okay. Uh, does Zedler get traded or does he re-sign and would they move Tanev? I think uh, they missed the window on Chris Tanev. I mean, you see Chris Tanev walking out of the room after a game or a practice or whatever. He kind of looks like Festus from Gunsmoke for those of us of a certain vintage. He's so banged and bruised and he's even been playing hurt this year. I think the interesting thing with Edler is to get him to waive his no trade uh, and go to a contending team at the deadline is a possibility. And then with the promise of bringing him back on July 1st, because you've got Delzato's uh, contract is expiring and he's missed. Today will be 10 in a row. He missed eight in a row earlier this year. Um, Travis Green loves his left-right combinations and he just doesn't figure in there. Um, you've also got Pouliot on a one-year deal. I'm not sure they're bringing him back. Uh, they, he struggles with puck movement and uh, so you've got some decisions to make back there and that that's why you know this whole thing with your levy has to eventually sort itself out so um yeah i mean as well as they played collectively uh back, uh, on the back end it's still a work in progress there i know i know hitch was talking a lot about it but boy um they play hard i'll give them that there's one thing that travis green has got this group doing he's playing extremely hard you can probably count on one hand the games where they haven't been in it this year that's something to say Ben, thanks for the update. We'll see you tonight. Absolutely. Take care, bud. You bet. From Post Media in Vancouver, that is Ben Kuzma. I do want to tell you, the best beats in the city, still making it great. Royal Pizza, multiple locations in Edmonton to serve you, including the original Royal Pizza in Old Strathcona. Royal Pizza, pizza past and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for 49 years. Visit. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many yeah, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. At uh, royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. 151 in Edmonton will wrap it up with this day in Oilers history when we come back. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 54 in Edmonton. Let's go to the Stan Oilers history. Brought to you by New West Travel, Edmonton's premier travel company for 38 years. You can book your travel package with New West Travel. Receive free parking at the Value Park at the Edmonton International Airport. Go online at newwesttravel.com for all your vacation dreams. Uh, what do you got here, Brendan? Oh, I like this one today, Bob. On this day in 1981, Wayne Gretzky scores four goals as the Oilers blast the Kings 10-3. Gretzky now has 45 goals on the season. That's on his way to the fastest 50 goals in NHL history. Uh, yeah, he got nine in two games. Not bad, eh? Think about that. Nine goals in two games, four goals, and then five games back-to-back. And I was playing ball hockey the night he... Uh, he got us five, uh, five goals to get uh, 50 and 39. Amazing player, Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, he wasn't any good back in the day. Edmonton Oilers against the Vancouver Canucks. Connor McDavid reunited with Leon Dreisettle and Alex Chason. Uh, Nugent Hopkins will be with Yessa Pugliarvi, Tobias Reeder, Rodziak with Lucic and Cassian, Spooner, Zikoff, and Raddy. Nurse with Larson. Uh, Gravel was with Benning, and Jones was with Weidman, Garrison, and Kajula are both sick. Uh, the Oilers, I expect Russell and Kara back against Vancouver or against uh, San Jose on Saturday. Reed Wilkins will uh, have it all for you coming up on the City Ford Faceoff show today at uh, 5.30. We will be back tomorrow, and our guests will include the following. Mark Spector. Stoffer Inspector for Horse Racing Alberta. We'll also have, uh, courtesy of the River Creek Resort Casino, Elliot Friedman. Uh, Ian Herbers, the head coach of Alberta Golden Bears. They're in action this weekend. And uh, the general manager of the Edmonton Oil Kings, Kurt Hill, will be joining us as well. Up next, a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by the 6.30 Chad afternoon news show with Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross. So long, everybody, from Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.